Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. You're listening to a special edition Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru, Mark Zweig, and his team of experts, Straight Talk, in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive, and these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter and the Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally wherever you are. Another, I would say episode, but it's actually another session of Becoming a Better Recruiter. This is actually session number five, and um, it's uh, we're, we're going to be talking about interviews and offers today, and I cannot wait uh, to talk about this particular subject. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to have some questions and uh, feedback and thoughts. So I'll be looking forward to hearing um, from you guys about this. But um, why don't we go ahead and get started? Um, Just to tell you a little bit again, my name is Randy Wilburn. I am the um, director of executive search here at Zwy Group. And I am um, we've been in business since 1988 and we are a. um, We are a full service management consulting and publishing firm, which serves the design industry exclusively. Uh, We recently rebranded back in 2013, early 2014 from Zweig White back back to Zweig Group. And, um, you know, we work with a a wide variety of, of firms within the industry, architecture, engineering, planning, environmental consulting and construction. Um, we come from your industry, so we certainly know some of the issues and challenges that you are currently dealing with. And uh, hopefully with the advice that you're getting through this Becoming a Better uh, becoming a better Recruiter webinar series or any of the information that you read in any of our publications or the Zweig letter, that you're getting uh, helpful and timely information to help you run your business more smoothly. Um, we were uh, three times named to the Inc. 500-5000 list of fastest growing privately held firms. And certainly that is a who's who of successful companies. And while we certainly don't rest on our laurels, uh, it is an achievement that speaks volumes of the type of work that we do. And so we don't tell or or tell companies or show them how to be wildly successful and highly profitable. We actually do it ourselves. And so we like to certainly practice what we preach as far as that's concerned. And at the end of the day, the one thing that's always stood out to me about Zwei Group is the simple fact that we exist to make our clients more successful, period, end of story. That is our mission. That's always been our mission. And uh, we're going to continue to follow um, from that vantage point and uh, both as an in, in, both as uh, helping you as an individual be successful, but also to help your company be successful. 
So today we're going to talk about um, interviews and offers and all the things that that play into that whole process. And, um, you know, I've put together a slide deck that I think uh, I think that you will like and I think you'll find um, the information helpful and, and will help you hopefully stay out of some legal problems uh, when it comes to how you properly interview people. But then also we'll give you some some advice um, in terms of some of the things that you need to do more efficiently uh, to make sure that your interview and offer process goes smoothly. Um, throughout the Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series, we have referenced our 2016 Zweig Group Recruitment and Retention Survey. This survey has a lot of really great information. It is available uh, on our um, website at zweiggroup.com. If you have any specific needs or specific questions about this survey, you can contact me directly. I'll try to answer as many questions as I can. One statistic that did come to mind as I was putting together this, excuse me, this presentation was the simple fact that more than half of the firms surveyed for the 2016 Y Group Recruitment and Retention Survey uh, conduct background checks on potential new hires. And I'm just curious to know um, how you guys operate as far as that's concerned and certainly want to encourage you um, to when and where possible do background checks if you can. So one of the things that uh, that I do want to highlight and talk about is the simple fact that, um, you know, Mark Zweig comes from an HR and recruitment background. That's actually where he cut his teeth before he even started Zweig White and Associates. Um, before he did any consulting in this industry, he had an HR background and, and experience. And so um, he, he has this has been something and I say something HR and recruiting have, have always been something near and dear to everyone's hearts here at Zwy Group because it's some, one of the foundational services that we've offered since day one. And I wanted to share with you some of Mark Zwy's tips for recruitment success. And these are some of his tips on the interview side. And we'll also share some tips on the offer side. Um, one of the things that Mark always talks about is that you gotta treat job candidates like gold. You know, you can't act like there's always going to be an endless supply of great people out there. When you get a good candidate, you want to treat them like, you know, like every that, that you want to treat them like the best that you could possibly treat them. I mean, you really want to take care of these candidates, let them know how much you appreciate them going through your process at your company and just show them uh, respect and admiration every step of the way through the process. Uh, again, you always have to put your best foot forward as a firm in terms of selling the opportunity to work at your firm, but it is a sales opportunity, right? It's not so much what have you done for me, it's what can we do for you? And here's why we're so special and here's why we want you to come work at our firm. Um, that's the posture that needs to be taken. Too often firms act as if there's just an infinite supply of great engineers and architects out there and they can screw it up with one and know that there's somebody coming right behind them that they can approach. And that's really not the case. So I want to encourage you uh, to take a different approach when it comes to that. So you really want to treat your job candidates like gold. The second thing is that you want to plan every detail for your interviews and meetings. You want to know who's meeting with whom, 
how long they're going to meet with that individual, what hiring managers are going to be involved in this part of the process. Will HR be involved in this part of the process when it comes to, um, you know, going through the interview process? Um, do you have the questions that you're going to ask this in, in individual? Have you guys kind of rehearsed and gone over what you're not going to talk about, what you're going to talk about, how you're going to sell the firm and all the different opportunities that will present themselves in a normal interview process. So you certainly want to look organized and, and not fumble around in the 11th hour trying to bring things together. Um, this, the third thing is that you want to get all the candidates compensation details as early as possible. You don't want to bring somebody in without knowing where they stand financially. You want to get this information um, usually at the onset. Uh, when we recruit for clients, um, obviously that's one thing that we do send over is salary information. We try to give a breakdown of benefits and other um, aspects of their compensation that um, that factor in um, to the offer and to an interview. Uh, but you want to make sure you have that. You cannot make an informed decision about a candidate without knowing how much they make. Um, number four, um, really encouraging people to stop being obsessed uh, with why a job candidate wants to make a change. The bottom line is they may not necessarily want to make a change. They may just be open to hearing about other opportunities, not necessarily wedded to leaving their current firm. And the posture that so many firms take by asking those really terrible questions, and we'll talk about some of those later, um, that uh, in reference to why a person wants to leave their current job, well, you may get an answer that you don't like. And so we certainly want to encourage you to focus on selling the opportunity to come work at your firm and not so much be obsessed about why an individual may want to leave the current situation that they're in, because they may not. I mean, at the end of the day, that's just the way the situation is. But it's just something that you need to think about. So. The next thing is that you want, I'm sorry, the next thing is that you want to get a realtor involved. Look for, uh, and also look for a way to talk to the spouse. These are, so these are the top six tips right from the beginning that you really want to think about. You really want to get a realtor involved. Uh, if you are relocating a lot of people um, or you're finding the need to relocate great talent to come work in your city or your location where your office is, um, you need to join yourself with one of the top ranked realtors in the market that are used to dealing with both buyers and sellers and they know the area really well and they're a good communicator. They will save your bacon when it comes to uh, bringing somebody in from out of town and, and, and allowing some kind of buffer to exist between when you physically interview them and maybe when you take them out to dinner and maybe you set up an, or arrange for a good realtor to meet with this individual at your office. Um, and, and obviously they would have spoken over the phone beforehand to learn a little bit about what this particular candidate likes in a home, the type of home they currently have right now and what they would potentially be looking for. That way, when that individual does come to town, the realtor is meeting with them informally in your office before they take them out to show them around the community. This gives you a chance to let the, the candidate 
uh, leave your environment and be in an environment which we like to call a safe environment where they can kind of figure out exactly what's going on and if this is going to be the right opportunity for them. You'll be surprised. A lot of realtors will save a deal when it comes to hiring a candidate because of valuable information they learn when they take a candidate out um, on you know house hunting. And I'm telling you, trust me when I say this, I've worked with a number of really good realtors that were like a fly on the wall that were able to report back to me, tell me exactly what the candidate said. I could deal with their objections. I could deal with the pluses, any other issues that come up and we address them right away. So that way you are are at an advantage because you're at a much more informed position when it comes um, to, you know, engaging this candidate and potentially getting them on board. So you definitely want to get a realtor involved. The next thing is you want to look for a way to talk to the spouse throughout this process. And if you're relocating somebody and you're bringing them in for an interview and there is a spouse involved, you want to try to bring the spouse as well. I tell people all the time, whether it's a spouse or significant other, um, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And the bottom line is, that you want to get everyone involved. And that goes either way. It could be it could be a husband. It could be a wife. It doesn't really matter. Um, significant other. You want to make that person feel like they're part of the process. Treat them well. Have something special for them when they arrive at their hotel. Maybe a bottle of wine, some fruit, something along those lines just to say and communicate that we really want you here. It's all a part of the selling process. Again, too often firms do not do this, especially when it comes to a spouse. And that is a grave mistake. Uh, at Zweig, when we do recruiting and we know a candidate is married or there is a significant other, we talk about that. We talk about the impact of the interview process with that individual and what do they think about potentially moving to a new location or just potentially taking another job elsewhere with a competing firm in the same community. So, you know, we we certainly get the spouse involved through that process. So the next thing I want to talk about are some of the questions that you should be asking during the interview process. Uh, and obviously, um, the, the idea here is that you want to focus on the candidate's qualifications. So let's just go through some of these that, that we, we have found to be very helpful. Um, some of these are, are, are kind of obvious. Some are not so obvious. But these are a line of these are would, would lead to a line of questions that would allow you to be very effective in your interview process. So the first one is tell me about your biggest success to date or in the last X number of years. Um, you want to learn a little bit about, you know, what that candidate um, thinks has been has been a successful factor for them working in their current position. Um, tell me about your biggest failure to date or in the last num X number of years. What did you learn from it? Um, one of the biggest things that we find is that people don't talk about failure. It's important to talk about failure. It's important to bring up that elephant in the room. We've all failed. I have failed. You have failed. I guarantee you. Uh, and even if nobody told you about it, it's still good to talk about it. And the bottom line here is in an interview process, when you really want to learn about somebody, you don't want to act as if they're perfect. 
Everybody has made mistakes. You want to learn about those mistakes and how they learned from them. It's going to tell you a lot about the individual. Then you want to discuss the kinds of challenges that they would face in this role and ask them how they would handle it. Very important to do. You really want to take the time to learn about the challenge. You, you want to take the time to discuss the challenges um, that this role offers and that how they will grow from those challenges and what it looks like. And you may want to bring in individuals that have had that role previously and where they are currently in the firm right now, uh, because it helps to to lay a foundation for what this candidate can expect if they decide to come and work with you. Very important to do. Another question is um, that you should ask again, and the focus here is on the candidate's qualifications based on our job description. What do you think you will have the most fun doing? You know, ask them what what resonates with them about your job description. And that's hopefully that you have a, a attractive based job description. Um, which is the type of job description that we recommend that firms pull together, which speaks more to the overall holistic aspect of the opportunity and not just every mundane detail of every role that an individual will have. Trust me when I say this, we all have aspects of our job that are quite boring. We want to highlight them, but we also want to highlight the other aspects of the opportunity and the job that um, we want to accentuate. So you really want to talk about that. Based on our job description, what do you think will be the biggest challenge? Um, what, what is going to be the biggest challenge for this this um, in candidate coming in if they decide to join your firm based on the job description that you put out there. And hopefully you'll get an honest answer from them, maybe an area where they want to improve. You say you need someone with good writing skills. Maybe their writing skills are just so-so, but maybe they're taking a class to improve it. Or maybe they've recognized that they've always wanted to improve their writing skills and believe that they would be able to do that and still qualify for this position or role. Um, the other thing is, what are one or two things that you've done in the recent past that has prepared you most for this job? You'd like to learn a little bit about their background and experience when it comes to um, operating in the role that you would hope that they would be able to operate in. So I would encourage you to um, have that conversation with them and ask them those questions about what they've done in the past that would prepare them for this position that you're trying to fill right now. Again, give them time to answer. Um, don't uh, don't constantly interrupt. Take the, the, the onus off of yourself to ask a gajillion questions. Allow the questions to flow naturally. Allow the candidate enough time to respond and give them even more time. One of the things that I always recommend to my clients is that sometimes awkward silence is actually good. And I actually try to practice that when I speak to people sometimes is that depending on the type of conversation that we're in, but if we're in an interview specifically, every now and then we'll take time. I'll take time to have some silence just to collect my thoughts and then proceed on to the next um, the next idea. And it's the same thing here in an interview. You don't have to feel like you've got to regurgitate everything and throw up over the candidate uh, verbally. Just take your time and ask the questions, let them flow, and give the candidate extra time to answer those questions. Don't rush through interviews. That is the worst mistake that you could make as an interviewer. You don't want to rush through the interview. Now, here's some questions not to ask during the interview process. 
A um, couple of questions that we highly recommend that you stay away from are what's your background? What's your biggest weakness? What's your salary history? Again, hopefully you will get a lot of that information right up, up front, but you don't want to talk about money or make money the focal point of the interview process. If you have to bring it up, I would wait till the end, but I would certainly encourage you um, to really take your time with that and try to avoid going over a salary history during the interview process. Um, another question not to ask during the interview process is, do you think you can handle this workload? Obviously, they're going to apply for a job that 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 and even if they're not applying for it, um, if it's a situation with a candidate that is gainfully employed right now, they're actually quite happy where they are right now. But they were open to hearing about this opportunity. The last thing you want to ask them is that if um, if they think they can handle the workload, um, you know, you should be able to surmise that based on the conversation. And even if you did ask that to someone, I mean, in most cases, what are they going to tell you? No. Again, it's one of those questions that you could probably avoid asking. Um, the, the next question would be, if we offered you the job, would you accept it? Again, another question not to ask during the interview process. If you're going to offer them the job, just offer them the job. Don't don't go into whether or not they're going to accept it. Again, you may not, you, you, you know, you may surprise them by offering them the job. Maybe it's just, a, you know, an informal interview process that you're going through. But, you know, don't ask them that question. Uh, if you definitely want to offer them the job, just offer to them and then see what they say. And if there are issues or challenges, and we'll talk a little bit about the offer section, you, you'll have plenty of time to go over that. And then my favorite question of all, which I alluded to earlier, was simply, why do you want to leave your present firm? Again, another question that you really don't need to be asking. Um, don't focus on why they want to leave their current firm because you may not like the answer. They may tell you, you know what? Because I've actually had this happen with a candidate that I presented to a client. Now, I had to twist this candidate's arm just to have a conversation. And they were a good candidate for the role that the client was trying to fill. But as soon as I put them in front of the client, the client went uh, on a whole different approach with regard to this individual. And in their line of questioning, the candidate told me the first question out of the client's mouth was, why do you want to leave your present firm? And unfortunately, my candidate told them the honest truth, which was, I don't want to leave um, my present firm. I'm actually perfectly happy where I am. Randy just told me that you guys were a solid firm with some really amazing growth potential and opportunities. And he said that I might want to take a closer look at what you guys had going on. And quite frankly, I don't know if you guys really do have anything going on. That could be really embarrassing. And I'm not exaggerating. That's a true story. It really did happen. And you want to avoid that by asking questions that you may not like the answer to. And why do you want to leave your present firm is definitely one of them. Now, you may disagree, but based on, you know, over three decades worth of experience working in this industry, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that you need to think about. Now, with all that said, there are some questions that you should never ask unequivocally. They're illegal questions not to ask during the interview process. What is your religious affiliation? Are you pregnant? What is your political affiliation, especially in this day and age and uh, with the current uh, state of affairs and our national elections? You really want to avoid that type of or, or line of questioning. Um, 
you know, if it's not obvious to you, you don't want to be asking what is your race, color or ethnicity, ethnicity. Um, how old are you? That's a huge no, no. Uh, ageism is a big thing in our industry. Everybody wants that young and up and coming architect and engineer. And some people don't look their age. So you, you want to be mindful of that. You don't want to ask people how old they are. Are you disabled? Um, are you married? Do you have children or plan to? Um, are you in debt? I mean, again, these sound like obvious questions that you should not be asking, but we hear people ask them all the time. And to be quite honest with you, these are illegal questions that you should not be asking, period, end of story. And then obviously, do you socially drink or smoke? It's another question that you want to avoid. Um, and again, it, these are questions that I would avoid like the, the plague. Be very careful about how you ask certain questions during the interview process, like where do you live? I know it sounds simple enough, but asking a candidate where they live is illegal because it could be interpreted as a way to discriminate based on their location. A better way to phrase the question is to ask them if they are willing to relocate. Simple, benign question that doesn't get you in trouble at the end of the day. Uh, Again, be mindful of where do you live? It's almost like a trick question if you think about it. But there are ways for you to get information like this and even the other questions that um, we put up on the previous slide. But, you you know, a lot of this information will come out anyway during the course of the conversation. So keep that in mind. Um, another question. What was the nature of your military discharge? Asking why a military veteran was discharged is illegal. However, employers can ask what type of education, training, or work experience a candidate received while in the military. Those are perfectly fine questions to ask, but don't ask about the nature of someone's military discharge if you find out that they did a stint in the military. Um, really, you should just be thanking them for serving the country and um, tell them how much you appreciated that as opposed to interrogating them about the process. And clearly, if there's something of a legal nature with an individual, when you do background checks or you look into someone a little bit more closely, that will all vet itself out and um, you'll, you'll learn about that. So the next thing is, are you a U.S. citizen? While you can ask if a candidate is legally eligible for employment in the U.S., it's illegal to ask about citizenship or national origin. Please don't ask that question. You want to avoid that. Now, there are certain positions that require U.S. citizenship. And if you know that that is a position, then the job posting should include that information on there. And I know that there are some financial um, positions that due to Homeland Security um, purposes require an individual be a U.S. citizen. So when that is the case, deal with it. But if not, you, you, you should not be asking the question, are you a U.S. citizen? Um, now, let's see. Now, let's talk about the offer stage. And I apologize. We had a slide in there that didn't exist. So please forgive me. Um, 
Let's talk about the offer stage and show me the money. I love the Jerry Maguire uh, scene when he's on the phone with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and he's trying to keep him as a, a client and he's just yelling, show me the money on the phone. When it comes to the offer stage, you do want to show the client, the candidate, the money, uh, but you certainly want to make a good offer and you want to make it make sense uh, both within the framework or of your current organization or if it's a situation with an offer that you realize that you're underpaying all your people, it may require you as an organization to go back and reassess uh, and reconfigure everyone else's salary in a particular group. This happens too from time to time, so you wanna keep that in mind as you're moving through the offer stage. Don't just offer someone a lowball offer just because that's what you're paying everybody else on, your, on the team. Um, that's not gonna work and that's not a good way to attract great talent, so keep that in mind. Um, another statistic from the 2016 Y Group Recruitment and Retention Survey is that the majority of firms, 47%, say it takes 30 to 60 days on average to hire a candidate after making them an offer. So that's the normal process. It can take longer. Some of our recruiting efforts have taken uh, six months or more. And the clients are fully aware of that just because of the difficulty of finding individuals. So certainly want to encourage you that this process is not as seamless as it might end up being, especially when uh, bringing on new people. But you want to keep those figures so you know, on average, how long does it take you, your organization to bring on new people? It's one of the things that we talked about in the last um, session of Becoming a Better Recruiter on knowing your numbers and the key performance indicators. It's a hugely important analytic, days to hire. You wanna know how long it takes to hire someone. And now, with regard to offers, and it's something that we that we always talk about, but, our, but Mark has some specific um, things that he, he certainly mentions all the time when it comes to, to offers. The first thing that I always say, and that he says as well, is you wanna write a good offer. Make your best offer the first time. Don't sit around, you know, low making a lowball offer and then just say if the candidate hems and haws, then you'll come back and make a better offer the second time. Come correct the first time or don't come at all. The bottom line is too, you're not going to get that many bites at the apple. And so you really want to take your time and craft a good offer the first time. You do not want to wait around and 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 make an offer on the hopes that you know what this will be our first shot over the bow we'll see what they say and if they don't like it then we'll come back and give them the real offer we want to offer them that's just being it's just not a, a genuine way to to operate from a business perspective um don't give the candidate forever to make their decision huge issue when it comes to offers Give them an offer and give them a very defined date for how long they have to make a decision. Don't let them take that offer and then go shop it around with another firm down the street. You don't want to do that. 48 hours max. If you give it to them on a Friday, tell them that you need to hear from them by Monday. If it's a relocation candidate, I do understand that a little extra time may be required, but that's why the, the whole interview process and getting a, a realtor involved in all that comes into play because you want to do that all in one fell swoop so that by the time it comes to make an offer, you, everybody's on the same page about what you can expect. So I would highly recommend that um, you keep the time to make a decision for every candidate as short as possible. 48, 72 hours at the max. This whole two and three weeks of 
decision making. That's that's ridiculous. And I understand that every now and then there's a unique circumstance. Somebody's going out of the country. I've heard it all. Trust me when I say this. If someone's going to join your firm and you've made a compelling argument, have them commit to it one way or the other. All right. 48 hours, 72 hours. That's about the max that I would go. Um, Ask the candidate. And this is very important. Ask the candidate how he or she will 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 respond to a counteroffer. Should one be made? And it probably will be. No firm wants to be caught with their pants down when it comes to a candidate coming to them and saying, look, Bob and Sally, I really like you guys. And I'm really I've been happy here over the past three years. But, you know, this firm down the street has offered me a a dream job, a great opportunity, and I'm going to leave. Well, of course, Bob and Sally, if they really respect this individual, are going to ask them, what will it take to make you stay right there? That's the conversation that you need to let the candidate be aware of and and know that it could be coming. Some candidates understand it. They get the whole counteroffer speech, but you want to have it. You want to train your hiring managers to talk about the counteroffer. Every person that we recruit at Zwei Group gets the counteroffer script. I don't care how much they like the firm. I don't care how much they like the offer. They still work at another company. And that company will move hell and high water, excuse my language, to try to keep them there. And so it's important for you to make the best offer possible. Uh, And when you make that offer, make sure that you give them the counteroffer speech. Explain to them that whenever uh, a person accepts a counteroffer, there is a certain level of trust that has been breached. Um, That a lot of people don't end up staying with those firms that they have accepted counteroffers with over the long period of time. Um, these are all, you know, statistically borne out. Every now and then it will, it will, uh, a person will stay, but more often than not, those individuals will leave. And, and let's face it, whenever you run into a situation like that, people usually lose a bit of their edge when they've gone back to their boss and said, look, I'm thinking about moving. And then you, they use that offer that they received in order to get an increase in salary. Um, it doesn't always leave a good taste in people's mouths. So uh, however long they're willing to deal with that taste in their mouth, that's a whole nother question. But the bottom line, we tell candidates what they can expect uh, from their current firm if they decide to take a counteroffer. If the candidate tells you they'll accept but want to wait until they turn their notice into their boss, discourage that. Let them know you need an answer in the period of time that you need an answer and that it's fine for them to turn in their notice whenever they need to, but that you need to move forward. If they say to you, look, I need to finish up a project. Well, I would look at that on a case by case basis. That is a a very real issue that comes up from time to time. But you want to be very definitive about what that looks like because you don't want them wasting your time. And all of a sudden you think you have an accepted offer. And three weeks later, they tell you, listen, um, I'm really sorry, but I've decided to stay with my current firm. Um, They've actually matched what you were going to offer me. And on top of that, they've given me some new responsibility. Get these candidates to accept and to turn in their notice as quickly as possible. We even give candidates a sample letter that they can um, then turn in to their current firm. And I will add a copy of that letter to our show notes for this uh, session, session number five, um, so that you can access that and see it uh, and maybe create it and give to a candidate so that when you make them an offer, 
just to say, look, we've created a simple um, notice letter that you can turn into your current firm, letting them know that you're you're moving on and that you're, you know, and, and just kind of go from there. So um, hopefully that letter will be helpful to you and you'll be able to get something out of that. Um, number five, you always want to get a backup candidate. Um, and like I said, I know I said earlier, there is a very finite supply of engineers and architects out there. You may not have the luxury of a backup candidate. I certainly would discourage you from sitting around. If you have a good candidate in front of you and you say to your whole team of interviewers that, look, we like Bob, but let's look around. We want to see what else is out there. Don't do that. Hire Bob. If Bob is good and he fits, he checks off most of all the boxes. And I always say I use the 80 percent rule. If 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 you look at if you look at an individual from zero to 100 percent, if they fill 80 percent of the role, you can work with that other 20 percent and make it work, especially in this in this industry. We just don't have the luxury of sitting around waiting for two and three and four other candidates to consider um, before we hire someone. It just doesn't work. Hire Bob, hire Sally and move on. Don't worry about, well, what if they leave and all that? If that happens, deal with it. You just can't. I mean, we're dealing with human beings here. And, you know, I don't want people to get obsessed about that. But too often I see firms all the time obsessing about, well, what if so and so leaves? So what? If they leave, you'll have to figure it out. It's a problem that you'll have to deal with. But right now you're looking at someone that looks very solid. You don't want to tell them, well, we need a couple of more weeks to look at some other people before we make our final decision. It's not a good idea. If you feel good about it, if your gut feels good about it, go with your gut. If your gut doesn't feel good about it, I'm the first person to tell you, go with your gut and don't don't make the uh, don't make the hire. But if that's not the issue, then you know what? Don't sit around obsessing about wanting to see more people beyond that individual. You definitely want to do that. But a backup candidate can always help if you can find one. Uh, And then number six, if someone turns down your job offer, ask them why. Do an exit interview from uh, the offer stage. Find out why they didn't accept your job. What was it about the firm? What was it about the interview process, about the interaction with the HR department? Maybe they didn't like the fact that they had to fill out six different applications before they joined your firm. Um, And that's a real situation that we've seen. Um, Sometimes firms have a a very cumbersome um, interview and uh, offer process, which requires an individual to fill out a gajillion applications. You don't really want to do that, especially for candidates, candidates that are not actively looking. Having candidates that are not actively looking fill out a bunch of applications and all this other stuff. And we've talked about this in previous um, sessions of Becoming a Better Recruiter is a major mistake. You do not want to do that. So certainly if they turn down your job offer, ask them why, figure it out, and then move on from there. Now, um, this is an issue that comes up and Mark Zweig really doesn't like this practice, but more than half of the firms surveyed in the 2016 Zweig Group Recruitment and Retention Survey, um, 61% of them have probationary periods for new employees. This probationary period is typically three months or less. Um, Mark doesn't really like that. He just says, look, just manage an individual's expectations of what they can expect when they join your firm. Tell them what works, what doesn't work, and and what will lead to a person's period at that firm being shortened for whatever reason, and then go on from there. But that whole probationary period thing, um, 
A, it can run into you can run into some legal or liability issues, but B, you want to, you know, consider how you present that probationary period to these new employees. So keep that in mind and, you know, govern yourselves accordingly as it pertains to that. So the next one is so here's some things to do back at the office. And again, I apologize for a few of the little glitches on this um, presentation, but uh, we'll make sense of it. Um, go over and share illegal interview questions and the tip sheet with the hiring managers. You want to make sure that everybody's on the same page with regard to the illegal interview questions. Uh, we'll provide a clean copy of that um, in our show notes so that you're able to see those um, questions listed out. Um, create an interview protocol that your organization will follow. You need to systematize the process of interviews and offers so that everybody's on the same page. Everybody gets equal treatment when it comes to interviews, when it comes to offers, and that no one can say that your firm did one thing for one person and something totally different for somebody else. Follow the protocol. But with all that said, don't make it a cumbersome protocol. Keep it as simple as possible. You also want to develop a variety of options for conducting interviews. Go to meeting is one option like we're using here. Google Hangout, join.me, Skype. There are a million different ways uh, for you to interview candidates. And we try to do a Skype or, or join.me with candidates as often as possible before we, we present them to our clients. But uh, I, I tell people all the time, you know, get on the phone with them. Look at them in person. If you can do a video interview, uh, it will save you some time. There's just some things that can be gleaned from having that type of interview as opposed to just an exclusively over the phone interview. Uh, number four, create a consistent offer letter and protocol for extending offers. Again, it gets back to having that plan in place for how you present the offer, what the offer letter looks like. If you're presenting the candidate with a 15 page offer letter, true story, um, that's probably a bad idea. Keep the offer letter as short as possible and and just make sure that you have the most important points in that offer letter. Uh, but you want to and you want to make sure that you extend you, that the protocol for extending offers is met and done every time you extend an offer. Number five, you want to discuss the probability of a counteroffer uh, with each hiring manager and train them on having a counteroffer discussion with the candidate. We talk with all of our clients about the counteroffer. We walk them through and create a counteroffer script for them, and we show them how to use that script. But trust me when I say this, it will be the best script that you will ever write because we make assumptions that we've killed it in an interview and that there's no way that this candidate's not going to want to come work with us. And then two days later, we get the dreaded call. I've decided to stay where I am. I hate that. Okay. Avoid. You can avoid some of that by having a counteroffer script. It will save you some time and it will also give you some basic information um, that the candidate can operate from when making their final decisions. And number six, if you do a lot of relocations, take time to find a good realtor in your community. Again, if you need help with finding a good realtor, please check me out. My contact information will be at the end of this presentation. I'll walk you through what to do, the questions that you should be asking, and you know we'll get that information over to you. But you really want to do 
Uh, you want to find a good realtor if you are in the position of having to relocate people just because there's just a talent gap in your area and you need to bring people from outside of your current area. Um, a, a relocate a realtor, a good relocation specialist realtor will will save you every time. So. I know we normally have Q&A. Uh, I think there actually may be some people that are actually listening to this right now. We do have an audience of a few people. If any of you have any questions, um, please feel free to ask those questions right now. Uh, everybody else that's watching this after the fact, post your questions online on Twitter using hashtags Zwide Group or hashtag BBR webinar and we will respond to all questions. Again, if you do have an act, if you have a specific question to ask based on interviews and offers, let us know. We'll try to answer those questions as soon as possible. Um, but um, you know, if there are no questions, that's fine too. But if you watching, we're watching this particular uh, session of becoming a better recruiter, which is session number five. If you're looking at this in the future and you have a question, just post that question on Twitter at hashtag Zoy Group or hashtag BBR Webinar. Um, we monitor that at all times and we will answer those questions ASAP. All right. Now, the next thing is I've created a tip sheet for you. This tip sheet can be found at bit.ly forward slash ZGBBR tips, all capital letters. Um, you know, there'll be um, I'll send you guys a copy of the slide share for this. Um, for those of you that participated in this webinar, if you want a copy of it, you can email me and I will send you a copy. Um, and we'll and this tip sheet will also be in the show notes for those of you that are listening to this in a podcast format. So either way, we'll make sure we get you this information. But this tip sheet will continue to grow and we'll add information on there that will be helpful to you as an HR manager, as a COO, as a hiring manager in your organization in terms of just trying to operate and run your recruitment efforts more efficiently. I'm also asking everybody to participate in our employer survey. It's a brief survey. It's like five or six questions. Uh, if you could do that, that would be great. It's at bit.ly forward slash AEC employer. Uh, if you could fill that out, I would I would greatly appreciate it. I'd be forever indebted to you. I'll, I'll, I'll come to your house and cut your grass or something cool like that. But uh, if you get a chance and you can fill out that survey, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Up next, we are finally at the last session, session number six, which is social media and mobile recruiting. Um, I had the privilege of delivering a variation of this particular presentation at our hot firm uh, event in Phoenix last month, and it was amazing to say the least. Not so much that I was amazing, but the conversation was amazing because we it stimulated a lot of conversation with a lot of people that were in the room. And so I got a lot of good feedback from them. It was well received. And I think you'll be in for a treat on November 3rd when we do the final session of Becoming a Better Recruiter, session six, social media and mobile recruiting. I do hope you join me for that episode. It's going to be a blast. So there's our upcoming webinar set schedule. Um, session number six is November 3rd, social media and mobile recruiting. Um, certainly, please make yourself available for that one. We'd love to have you participate. 
Um, it, this has just been a blast to do. It's been a lot of fun and people are really getting some really helpful tips and information uh, from this webinar series. So I, I do hope to hear from you and get some feedback. And without further ado, I just want to thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule to watch this video, listen to this podcast. And if you would like to continue the discussion about recruitment and retention online, especially in the design industry, use the hashtags BBRWebinar and hashtag Zwei Group. We will respond to anything posted on social media on this topic. We can be reached, Zwei Group can be reached on our website at zweiggroup.com. Um, we can be reached on Facebook at Zwei Group. Um, we can be reached on Twitter at Zwei Group. I can be reached on Twitter at Randy Wilburn if you have a specific question for me. Um, my number is here, 617-828-9093 is my cell. I can be reached anytime on that number. My email is rwilburn at zweiggroup.com. And my um, Twitter handle is at Randy Wilburn. I'm even on Snapchat at Randy Wilburn. So check me out. I'm on Instagram at Randy Wilburn. Any, any way you want to connect with me um, that you see fit to, to utilize please do. And I, I certainly look forward to uh, interacting with you. And again, I really appreciate you uh, checking out be the Becoming a Better Recruiter webinar series. This was session five, uh, interviews and offers. And we look forward to seeing you on um, uh, for the next episode or session of Becoming a Better Recruiter, which is session six, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, until then, I hope you guys have a great day. And uh, we look forward to talking with you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this special edition Zweig Letter podcast. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free six-week subscription of the Zweig Letter, please visit freetzl.zweiggroup.com to gain more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today. Thank you.